Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a former science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology, A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here sometimes. This this one time. <laughs> We're here this one time. <laughs> My God. Um, hello. Hi. Um, Let's rem- just remind you who we are. <laughs> Again, I mean, Rhea Corbett, <laughs> biology teacher, was. Former. Uh, it's only been four months. <laughs> For valid reason, okay. <laughs> I don't think there's been... A, is there really a valid reason? We've been super busy. Well, I have been super busy. You have been busy. I've not... Remember that time the other day when I saw you for the first time in like two months yeah. and I was like, Sarah, I miss you. <laughs> Just have a busy life these days. <laughs> what if you stopped going on holiday and you were here? We would record more. <laughs> I've been on one holiday. That's not... <laughs> I've been on holiday for four months. I wish I'd been on holiday for four months. <laughs> anyway, uh... do you remember the last episode we did? No, I don't. I've got to be honest. I read it, it was just about synaptic something. Yeah, it was synaptic transmission. Even yeah, I had it. to listen back to it when I wrote this episode <laughs> to make sure that I'd covered everything and then I could move on. So episode 78, effects of drugs on synapses and also looking at uh, neuromuscular junctions and comparing them to cholinergic synapses as well, all in one episode. And that will end all our nervous system synapse style lessons that we've been doing or episodes that we've been doing. Okay. Today we're going to be looking at a comparison of transmission across a cholinergic synapse and across a neuromuscular junction. And then we're going to use information provided to predict and explain the effects of specific drugs on a synapse. So two things that need to be mopped up, really, when we're looking at nervous transmission and synapses. So we probably need to recap what a synapse is and, and how yeah, okay. how it works. So cholinergic synapses. What is a synapse? It's something to do with the nerves. Yeah. And uh, there's like gaps in it. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And is the synapse like the gap? The gap, the, the cleft, yeah. yeah. So a synapse is like the presynaptic knob. I think, I, think, I think we said something like that. Uh, the actual gap in between, so the cleft, the gap in between, and then the postsynaptic. So do you remember the name of the neurotransmitter that you need for A-level biology? Does it begin with an R? No. No, I don't remember. Do you remember it being acetylcholine? Oh, okay. Do you remember the name of that? Do you remember that? I feel like that's been in every single episode we've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. So in the presynaptic knob or end, the... Action potential arrives at the end, so the electric impulse, the action potential this arrives. Like jumping over each arrives one. at that, yeah. And then, if you remember, that will depolarize that end, and um, calcium starts to flow into the end of the neuron, and that causes the vesicles that contain the neurotransmitter acetylcholine to fuse with the membrane and release the acetylcholine into the cleft, which is the gap. Mm-hmm. And then that diffuses across. And then when it gets to the other end, it will bind to sodium ion channels, like receptors, which will start depolarization in the postsynaptic 
end or nerve or neurone. And if it's enough, then an action potential will be generated and it, and it goes all the way. And it will start in the next neuron and carry on going. So the acetylcholine arrives, it will bind to the receptors, the ones that it fits to. Remember, it's got to be shaped right and it will fit to it. And the sodium will then flow into the end of that neuron and it, and it will start to depolarize. Hopefully an action potential will start. There we go. So that's how the synapse works in the first place. Remember then the acetylcholine is broken down by acetylcholine A's and it will diffuse back into the presynaptic end or the presynaptic part of the, the previous neuron. It just gets recombined and stored in the vesicles again. You can't keep the acetylcholine in the cleft because it would just keep binding to the receptor and generating action potentials one after the other and that's not always necessary. You want the neuron to send the signal, not for it to just be constantly there all the time. So that would be between two neurons. So when you've got one neuron to the next, so whether it be sensory neuron to relay neuron or then like relay to motor neuron. When the message has to be sent from a neuron to a muscle, like an effector, it's slightly different, ever so slightly different. It's not like the differences are very small, but we still have to just quickly talk about them. It's between mainly the motor neuron and a muscle fibre. Obviously, it's sending a signal to the muscle to do something to move, to, to cause some kind of movement of some kind. So it's how the signal gets there. They're very similar, as I just said, to the normal cholinergic synapses in lots of different ways. It, you'll still have the presynaptic knob releasing acetylcholine. That will still happen. Acetylcholine will still diffuse across a gap. And it will still be there. But when it gets to the membrane of the muscle fibre, it's not going to be another neuron. It's going to be this muscle. It will still bind. So it will bind to a specific receptor. Sodium will still flood in. But we're not trying to generate another action potential. We're trying to get a contraction of muscle to start. Now, that is something that we're going to be talking about in another episode. What an actual muscle contraction is, how it happens and so on. But just to make you aware, it's not an action potential that we're trying to generate in the muscle. It is just a contraction. Okay. And hopefully you're always going to produce a contraction, which is why we call these particular things excitory. So they always produce an outcome. It's not ever like we talked about in the previous episode, how you can have inhibition. So you can stop an action potential. You don't ever do that with the muscle. You're always trying to always have that. Okay, so there will never be any kind of inhibition. Cholinergic synapses can be excitatory or they can inhibit, and that's not going to happen in a neuromuscular junction. There's also special folds in a muscle fibre that will actually hold on to the acetylcholinase so that it's easier to break it down. Again, you don't want to overstimulate the muscle. And there are a lot more receptors at the muscle fibre than there are in a postsynaptic neuron. So there's a lot more receptors as well. Yeah, it's just those few little differences, really. It's important to sort of know as well that it's not just like one end of the muscle fibre that has these little junctions. It'll actually be all along the muscle fibre as well. If you So it'll be almost in little units all the way down the muscle fibre. If you want a big force, a big contraction, then a couple of the units all the way down will start contracting. If you only want a small little movement, it'll be just a couple of them. But it's not like neuron where one end and then it goes all the way down. It's a couple of junctions along. Right. And 
the other thing that we need to talk about is sort of this kind of effect of drugs on synapses. And we've only learnt about acetylcholine because that's what the specification wants you to learn about. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of other neurotransmitters that will bind to neurons and have an effect on them and send messages to different places in the body. So it might be different neurotransmitters in different parts of the body or it might be a different neurotransmitter depending on what type of signal you're sending, electrical impulse that you're sending around the body and what it is that you're trying to stop or what it is that you're trying to suppress or inhibit or what sense it might be. Does that kind of make sense? So different neurotransmitters for different things, which means there'll be different receptors and they'll always be matched complementary shape. So a neurotransmitter will only have an effect on a neuron if it has a receptor that it can fit to and bind to to start that action potential. But there are lots of drugs that can be the same shape as different neurotransmitters and therefore they can bind to these receptors and mimic the effect of those neurotransmitters. And there's a lot of medical uses for those sorts of things. And then there are lots of, lots, exactly. Or there are lots of recreational uses of those sorts of things. Like different drugs, yeah. For instance, got a couple of examples, and I've taken these mainly out of the CGP textbook, actually. I think because the main thing is they won't necessarily use one of these examples in an exam question. They'll give you something you've never heard of, and you've got to apply knowledge. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So it's not like they'll say, oh, it'll definitely be nicotine, or it'll definitely be one of these, you know, in a list. It'll be one of these, learn these. It'll be something that you've never heard, but probably... You know, right. completely random neurotransmitter or a completely random drug medical drug or something and you're supposed to apply knowledge of how that works using the information they give you so something like nicotine for instance you know what nicotine is it's in cigarettes it's in cigarettes it's in tobacco um it is a stimulant okay and it has certain effects on the body so it like decreases your appetite heightens your mood it makes you more alert being a stimulant now nicotine actually has a similar shape to acetylcholine and it will bind to acetylcholine receptors in the brain that will then cause you know a similar action to what acetylcholine should be doing stimulating and and so on Mm -hmm. in the body some drugs can block the receptors so that the actual neurotransmitter can't bind so it just blocks it it doesn't have an effect on it it just blocks it there's a drug called cure which blocks acetylcholine receptors in neuromuscular junctions. And that will actually then means that acetylcholine can't bind when it gets to the muscle, muscle, muscle fibre or to the muscle membrane. And that is the sort of drug that can... If acetylcholine can't bind to the muscle fibre to start a contraction, what is the ultimate outcome of that going to be? It's not going to work. What's not going to work? The, mus- the movement. Yeah, the movement. So ultimately, what are you going to be doing yeah you are going to be inhibited in all those movements so in a way you're paralyzing that muscle you're paralyzing Mm -hmm. that part of the body or that particular muscle in your body so that sort of drug would lead to paralysis some drugs will inhibit the enzyme that breaks down neurotransmitters so have you heard of nerve gases they were used in a war yeah so they can they can be used in sort of chemical warfare things like that um make people like not be able to move their body well, yeah, because in a way, if you think about what... Is that on mustard gases? It does. Mustard gases and nerve yeah. gas. Absolutely, yeah. So, um... That was in Peaky Blinders. 
it was it i've never watched it oh was I'm it i'm sure it was in peaky blinders wow yeah. So nerve gases can be used to stop acetylcholine from breaking down. So acetylcholine will always be present in the cleft. So you don't have control of the muscle. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you will lose control of that muscle. So it might end up being a paralysis, but it might also end up being like a ridiculous amount of movement in the muscle, like a spasm or something yeah. as well. And then painkillers, as you said already, morphine and codeine, they bind to receptors in the brain that actually block pain pathways so it mimics the effect of endorphins so endorphins are natural painkillers if you release endorphins that's a neurotransmitter it binds to a receptor and it blocks a pathway that for pain but morphine and codeine are quite strong painkillers will do that as well if you Mm. take them they'll block those pain pathways by binding to the receptors serotonin so serotonin is a neurotransmitter. There is um, the TikToks, isn't it? Let me just uh, release one ounce of serotonin mm. or something like, you know, whatever that you're doing, something that makes you happy. And it's, so it, it's about emotions. It, it's about emotional control. So it's about being happy, really. And it's also about getting enough sleep. There is like, this research into serotonin and how if you have reduced serotonin, you're more likely to be depressed. So it's more likely to lead to a depression. So if you think about then antidepressants, antidepressants can be taken and they will increase the production of serotonin so that you can keep releasing that particular neurotransmitter mm-hmm. and having that emotional control that makes you happier and, and less sad. Mm-hmm. So Prozac, that's an example of a quite a strong antidepressant that can be taken and it will have that effect. So... It is quite a, in terms of it being an episode, it's just mopping up, as I said, and it feels like it was just mopped up the, the synapse sort of thing there, mm-hmm. haven't well, we? I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, aspects of it that are quite interesting, but I, d- I don't know that I've really gone into a lot of detail on it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you haven't done an episode for so long, you kind of lose the... Well, do you need, do you need to go in, had. like, in terms of A-level biology, do you need to go into any No, I think, I think we've done enough, and then we'll see what the, what you think of these questions and um, give it a go. So I've got a couple of questions. Do you want to give these a go? I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. The first question says, dopamine is a neurotransmitter released in some synapses in the brain. The transmission of dopamine is similar to that of acetylcholine. Dopamine stimulates the production of nerve impulses in postsynaptic neurons. Describe how. Okay, so it says do not include in your answer the events leading to the release of dopamine and the events following production of nerve impulses in the postsynaptic neuron and its three marks. I don't know. (laughs) So break the question down. Dopamine stimulates the production of nerve impulses in postsynaptic neurons. Describe how. If I said to you, how does acetylcholine cause a nerve impulse to get to the next neuron? Would you be able to explain that or describe that to me? How do most things move passively? Oh, like um, transport. What kind of transport? transport. Not active transport. We don't Uh, use any energy for it. uh, Passive, so no energy. Beginning with the D. Diffusion. Diffusion. So if acetylcholine diffuses across the gap or across the synapse, so does dopamine. It's just asking you if you know how a neurotransmitter works. 
So the first thing is that it diffuses across the synapse. That's one mark. One mark. What does it do when it gets to the other side? Um, it attaches to what? Receptor. Yeah. It will bind to a receptor. It will attach to a receptor. And that receptor will be in the postsynaptic membrane. So it will be on the after the synapse, postsynaptic, so next to neuron. So it diffuses across and binds to a receptor. Receptor. And when it binds to that receptor, what happens? Uh, it acts the same as acetylcholine. Yeah, so what... The muscle moves. What channels open? Sodium. Sodium channels. So sodium flows in and depolarises the neuron. Yeah. So even though it's asking you about dopamine, it's basically just... But that's like just... a pain receptor thing. Well, no, this is, this is just going back to um, just normal transmission, neuron to neuron. Okay. So the next question then is applying it more to about taking the information and working out what's going to happen. So it says dopamine has a role in numerous processes in the brain, including pain relief. The release of dopamine can be stimulated by chemicals called endorphins produced in the brain. Endorphins attach to opioid receptors on the presynaptic neuron that release dopamine. Morphine is a drug that has a similar structure to endorphins and can provide pain relief. Explain how. Because it connects the same way that the other ones work. Yes. So which receptors? Did the opioid ones. The opioid, yeah. So morphine attaches to the opioid receptors, therefore more... Dopamine. Dopamine is released. released. Well done. For the pain relief. Well done. Yeah, good. So that, that was pretty straightforward. Like straightforward, like applying the knowledge. No, there was no questions about neuromuscular junctions that I could see. So, yeah. But th when you're only making comparisons, and it, they might yeah, be, yeah, they're gonna. There's like they're mentioning something that's. They could say anything. You've still, you're still gonna put the same information in the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so should I do the roundup? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. A neuromuscular junction is found between a motor neuron and a muscle cell. When a nerve impulse arrives at the end of a motor neuron, it is passed to the muscle fibres via the neuromuscular junction to allow contraction. These junctions work in a very similar way to synapses. The impulse arrives at the presynaptic membrane. The action potential causes calcium ions to diffuse into the neuron. The vesicles are then stimulated to fuse with the presynaptic membrane and the acetylcholine is released into the junction. Acetylcholine diffuses across the junction and binds to receptor proteins on the surface of the membrane of the muscle cell. This stimulates sodium channels to open, allowing sodium ions to diffuse in. This depolarizes the muscle fibre, generating a contraction that passes along the muscle. As we can see, there are many similarities between cholinergic synapses and neuromuscular junctions. In particular, they both use acetylcholine as the neurotransmitter and they are both stimulated by an action potential on the presynaptic membrane. They both also use sodium ion channels to depolarise the postsynaptic membrane. The differences include that neuromuscular junctions are found between a motor neuron and a muscle, whereas cholinergic synapses are found between different neurons, including sensory or relay, and are only neuron to neuron. Cholinergic synapses can be either excitatory or inhibitory, whereas 
neuromuscular junctions are only ever excitatory in order to produce a muscle contraction. Another difference is that action potentials are not generated in the postsynaptic membrane of the neuromuscular junction like they are in cholinergic synapses. And finally, there are folds in the postsynaptic membrane of the neuromuscular junction which stores acetylcholine A's, which is not the case in a cholinergic synapse. Many drugs are found to produce a specific effect on synaptic transmission. They can have different modes of action, such as stimulating the release of a neurotransmitter, allowing the synthesis of neurotransmitters, mimicking them or blocking their binding to receptors or preventing the breakdown of neurotransmitters. Morphine is an extremely effective pain relief drug that has a very similar structure to endorphins. Endorphins attach to opioid receptors on the presynaptic membrane that release the neurotransmitter dopamine, which plays a vital role in pain relief. Morphine, having a similar structure to endorphin, will also bind to the opioid receptors and cause the release of dopamine. Other examples include nerve gases, which prevent the activity of acetylcholine A's, so acetylcholine is not broken down, leading to the loss of muscle control, and cure, which blocks acetylcholine receptors in neuromuscular junctions so that acetylcholine can't bind, which means muscle cells are not stimulated, leading to paralysis. Got any takeaways? Um, so what are the similarities between synapses and the junctions? What neurotransmitter is used in both? Acetylcholine. So acetylcholine is used in both. Whatever it is, the drugs or, or the natural things connect in the same way. Yeah, so drugs and neurotransmitters can have similar structures. So they both bind to the same receptors and it mimics the effect. Mm-hmm like morphine is yeah. the same structure as endorphins which release dopamine which has an, a like a pain relief effect which is why morphine is used as a really strong painkiller anything else diffusion <laughs> yeah i mean because the thing is diffusion will be a mark yeah like if you're talking about a neurotransmitter and you don't say that it diffuses across diffusion, the gap receptor sodium exactly yeah that, I mean, if anything, those should always be the three takeaways of these sorts of episodes, mm-hmm. shouldn't they? Because if you don't mention diffusion, if you don't say it binds to a receptor, and if you don't say that, um, you know, like sodium is in flux yeah. of sodium, then you're not going to get those marks. So, yeah, well done. That's good. Right. I have got a wider reading for September, which is a podcast called The Science of Everything Podcast. It literally is just that. And the reason why I'm going to sort of recommend it at this stage, because you'd think, well, actually, it might be something better for people that are just starting out at A-level. And I would recommend that you listen to it at any stage, really. Mm -hmm. But there is an episode on depression and serotonin. It's episode 126. And I think it's for this particular episode, that would be a really good wider reading or a a listen there are so many episodes that they're not all biology episodes. You would have to find the ones that were because, like I say, it's the science of everything. So there's yeah. going to be physics, going to be chemistry in there. But there are episodes on respiratory and circulatory system, cell signaling, cell membrane, photosynthesis, evolution, DNA structure and function. And those were just the ones that I sort of listened to. And they give you these really good inf- bits of information. It's not just the facts that you need to know. It's other information as well. So that would be my recommendation for wider reading in September.
So that is the Science of Everything podcast. And as I said, episode 126 is particularly related to depression and serotonin. And it does link back to episodes on neurons as well, which have come before that. So give that a listen, guys. If you want to contact us, you can drop us an email at teachmeabiologycast at gmail.com. Um, we've had a few emails, so I will read a few of them out. Yeah. You can contact us on Twitter at, at teachmebiocast, on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. Uh, we've also got our website. If you want to go there, we've got all our information on there, teachmescience.co.uk, where you can find all our wider reading and uh, all our past episodes. Pretty much anything to do with us, you can find it on there. Uh, you can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. You know, look at our emails. Well, I've had a couple of emails recently. I haven't actually responded to them, I don't think. Um, we have an email from a lady called Laura. Oh, well, she doesn't say what her pronouns are, but I'm just going to say lady. I'm from Canada, who says, I'm returning back to school in 2023 for nursing. I've been listening to your podcast over and over to learn the basics of biology. It's been really helping me and hopefully helped me secure top biology marks. You and your sister are a great team and very enjoyable to listen to, very entertaining and easy to learn. Thank you so much for your podcast, Laura. P.S. I'm reading The Immortal Life of Henrietta and I'm very much enjoying it. Oh, well done. And then we Thank had, you. We've got one from um, the 6th of August, actually. Hi, Rhea and Sarah. Wanted to say a massive thank you for making your fantastic A-Level Biology podcast. I'm a science teacher and I have been teaching since 2011, but I am starting my first year of A-Level Biology teaching this September. I stumbled upon your podcast whilst wondering if a podcast existed to help refresh my memory, and I absolutely love what you've created. The conversational style, the structure of the show, with the recap, the new information, the follow-up questions, even the ball at the end. Guys, it's just superb. Thank you. I've got on a little routine where I assign two podcasts per day, interleaving the topics and listening to each one twice through each time while I walk my dog. It's not only helping me to revise the content, but also chunking down the subject matter. The length of your podcast is brilliant. They're not too long. Concise but with a ton of recap built in. I love incorporating your podcast into my lesson. I will be... <laughs> I will be incorporating your podcast into my lessons from September, assigning them as homework for the following lesson. Is that okay with you? <laughs> That's fine Imagine with me. Imagine we turned around and said Please no. Please do that. Thank you once again. Like, I mean, that's exactly what this is for. Like, exactly of course you can do for. that. We want this. It is exactly what it's for. Yes. Thank you once again. I wish something like this existed when I was at school. I remember having a dictaphone that I recorded my notes on, but your podcast would have been a lifesaver. Thank you, Danielle, science teacher. Uh, best of luck, Danielle, to your first year of A-level teaching. You'll smash it. Thank you for incorporating us into your lessons and hopefully using my experience a little bit to support younger teachers and that's nice isn't it really we've had that a few times haven't we yeah that's good um, i've had a few messages too i did get a really funny one from a guy called mikhail who said i actually thought she was a student thanks for the podcast all the way from the bahamas that's me? all it says yeah <laughs> that's all it says no like, oh that's okay keep keep listening hello i'd like to say thank you for your podcast i live in Bhutan. Okay. I don't know where that is. And I'm currently in my last year of high school and I'm currently taking biology, chemistry, physics and maths. 
my main subjects just just the main subjects yeah, just the and then maybe like a little art you know just art. like just doing some extra extra maths on top further maths, <laughs> some further maths. just some further maths and then some farther away maths <laughs> Um, do an average on biology and would like to do better after listening to your podcast I found that I was performing better during tests I've been binging your podcast for a while now and I found it really helpful yay thank you so much I don't actually know their name but thank you Jess Jess hi I'm doing edible biology with Open College my exams start on Thursday I've spent so much time revising and watching um, mainly videos on YouTube I only stumbled across TMB 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 within the past few weeks didn't realize how little I knew about each subject now I feel like I'm really underprepared for my exams but you both are helping me to cram in so much knowledge oh I just want to say thank you to both you're both amazing and Ria you're very good at explaining the most complicated of topics if there's anywhere that I could buy one of those TMB mugs I'd be <sighs> definitely keen nah, um it's not gonna work I think out. the problem was that our art we don't have permission to use the art do we I bought the I bought see the picture I bought the picture off some stock website and then edited the picture so and then like edited it and changed the colours and stuff and but actually the picture itself I don't believe we have permission to use keep it to yourself don't tell anyone um, <laughs> no but you did buy it I we did, bought, well, I it bought the image, image but I don't think you're allowed to just mamby pamby shove it out as your like as your as your picture. Like, we didn't steal it. No, I did buy the image, but if you try and like upload it onto something and make your own merch with it, you're not allowed. I suppose that's only right because, like, you are any stock website, buy a picture, put it on a t-shirt, and start selling it for a tenner. Yeah, and, you know, maybe I'll just have to make my own. Draw it. Draw it. This one's from Franca. Hello from Alberta, Canada. I found your podcast. It's been a game changer. I'm able to go out on my bike and ride and hike and enjoy the day while still being able to study for my finals. I have sent your podcast to everyone in my bio study group. Thanks so much for your the work that you are doing. That person sounds like they just live a wonderful life. Yeah. Hiking and revising as well. Yeah. Um, Why can't we do this podcast on bikes? <laughs> Should we leave the rest for the next episode? Because I yeah, feel like we've just gone on and on. Loads and, and loads I've of I've got ones. like four long ones. Yeah, okay. So. Fair dues. Yeah. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Sick. There is something I'd like to talk about. Go on. Then. Euros. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the women won the Euros. England, we win. Euros, we, we win. did. Um, it came home. It came home. It finally came home. I know I always talk about it. Okay, maybe that one time. It's a free episode we talked about. How, <laughs> how That was the men, though. The men never bring it home. The men did not bring it home. No. But, but the know. women, they did bring it home. The Worlds. Yes. We've got the Worlds coming up in November now. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get the World Cup. If We'll speak to you probably again in November <laughs> for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> People must think I'm actually, like, obsessed with football. I'm actually not. <laughs> no, only, like, only when it's England. Only when it's England. And she gets all the T-shirts on. And yeah, it's really exciting. It's so exciting. Gets really it gets really into so it. Much. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? It is the summer holidays. Well, only for like another week. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, week and a half left. Yeah. So we're trying to get episodes in now. Yeah, we're going to record a few so we can put a few out in the in the weeks, and then um, hopefully we'll be able to get back into a routine come September. We can hopefully get back into some. Sort I hope of routine. so. I hope so. Uh, not this Sunday though, and not um, next Sunday. 
It's still still have, there though. You know, no one's told us off. Oh god, yeah, the adverts. So, yeah, just after our last episode, our actual podcast host Buzzsprout, they started to give give adverts. yeah they started to give other podcasters an opportunity to host ads on their yeah. episodes, and because they are only adverts for other podcasts, we went for it mm-hmm. because we're not advertising like shampoo or yeah. hello fresh like everyone else is <laughs> it is just actually ad- adverts it just for other, advert, it's it? other podcasts and there's only 15 episodes that are carrying one possibly two adverts within mm-hmm. them they're only 40 seconds long and um yeah that's why they're there now yeah, we didn't address it no um, we haven't addressed yeah. it because we haven't had an episode to address it but um I just wanted to just say that they are there and yeah. why they're there. And, and to be fair, it, it, we get a little... The reason we did it is because we get a little bit of money for it. Well, for every... I think every download, every download with an advert is about four cents. Yeah. And everything, obviously, just goes back it, into the podcast. You only earn enough to pay your host fees, really. Yeah. So, um, which um, is good for us. Yeah. yeah. And the website, God, that would... Uh, We've paid like 100 quid in the last <laughs> month to keep our website running. Which is fine, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. But it it does, it when it does come around and you do have to what pay it this? out. It, what, what what is this? Is what? this important? Do we need this? Why is this ninety two pounds? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm messaging Sarah. Do we need this thing though? <laughs> yeah, because if you don't have that, I won't be able to edit the the website. Oh, okay. Yeah, we better pay for that. So um, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a bit um, money, money, money. So it's nice to have a little bit back. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to record a couple more episodes. So we'll see you next episode. This has been Teach Me Biology. My name is Sarah. And I'm Ria. Albert. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye!